You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Ah, Leslie, you know, there's nothing more relaxing than a nice warm bath. Yeah, but who has the time? We've gone from a nation of bathers to a shower society, and plumbing fixture designers are helping you turn your shower into a spa-like massage. Read Turn Your Boring Bath into a Power Shower when you hit MoneyPit.com. Just click on Ideas and Tips, then click Repair and Improve. And for answers to any home improvement or home repair questions, give us a call right now. 888-MONEYPIT. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. It's a beautiful time of the year to get out and fix up your home sweet home. And you know who knows that best, Leslie? Well, everybody out there who's doing it right now. And the weather is telling you to get out there and do some work. Actually, I was thinking about the termites that have been chewing on your yeah, house. Psh- <laughs> don't air the dirty laundry. The audacity of those insects attacking the home of such a lovely home improvement expert. Well, Tell me what happened. I saw the wings, first key sign. Yep. Then the Windsor, Edward, Windsor my Windsor husband, signal. was coming up to me with these little bugs in hand and, you know, smooth black body wings. I'm like, okay, that's a termite. A little bit more investigation, saw some mud trails. Made some phone calls, got the guy in. Not only do we have a mild termite infestation on the south side of the house, but right. they seem to have destroyed the three by three landing of the stairway to the basement. And uh-huh. now there's going to be like some pretty major construction work. And once we open up that stairway, who knows what else they've gotten into? It's just we can feel it there. Well, that's so we'll see. That's interesting because, you know, in all the years I spent as a home inspector, we often found termite infestations. In fact, I found termite infestations in one out of three homes. It's cool. amazing. And it was People interesting. People don't know that they're there. You know, it was interesting. I was chatting with the termite guy, and he was saying that the, the foam block and cement framed homes... The new yes. system that you and I have been talking about, he right. says apparently that the termites even love the foam, which is yeah. quite surprising. Right, but the good news is that the foam is not structural. Right, but it's amazing to think that they're getting in there, that they like the foam. You would think something inorganic they're not interested well, in Well, you know what else? There's another insect that, that loves to nest inside foam, and that's the carpenter ant, another equally destructive pest. Mm. So if the bugs are bugging you, if they're chewing up your house, or maybe they're not, that's good. Maybe you're the, uh, the two out of three homes that are not impacted by wood-destroying insects, and maybe you just want to pick up the hammer and pick up the nails and make some home improvements to your home, call us first at one eight 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 Money Pit. We're standing by to help you with those jobs. Yeah, and one of those lucky callers, we're going to choose this hour to be the winner of a fantastic prize. It's the Vax X5 vacuum. It's worth about 300 bucks, and it's super cool, and it could be yours for free if we pick your name out of the Money Pit hard hat. So basically, we'll help you make the home improvement and then give you the tools <laughs> to clean up from it. One eight 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 Money Pit eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four. Leslie, who's first? 
Carla from Pennsylvania finds the money pit on WYHL, and you've got a garage question. How can we help? Well, I have a, um, a, I had a new garage door installed by a handyman of some sort, and when he installed it, he found that there was a hole underneath a piece of wood. So when he removed that panel of wood, he had to put another, you know, he couldn't fit another one in there. So now I have this, like, four-by-four-inch hole in my garage door. So I'm scared bats are going to come in and just really don't know how to seal it back up because I think another piece of wood would make it hit the um, track. Is this an overhead door? Yes. Hmm. And what kind of material is it made out of? It's wood. Okay, so you have a four-inch square hole in a wood door that's been cut out. Yes. All right. Well, <clears throat> what you're going to need to do is make a patch, make a, make, make a piece of wood that fits actually in that space. Um, and then you're going to physically connect it. Now, let's think about the best way to do this. Um, probably what I would do is I would make it to fit the exact size of the hole. I'd probably put a strap on the back of it. So in other words, a piece of wood that goes across the whole thing. Maybe even two, one on the top and one on the bottom. Right. So hold it in place. And then I would use um, probably a construction adhesive to hold it in place and glue that in place. And once okay. it's dried... Like a, um, a liquid nail or something? Correct, yeah. Once it's dried and sort of locked in place, sand out the excess glue. You're probably going to use, need to use some uh, wood putty to kind of fill in the seam around it and sand it so it's all nice and smooth. And then you can, once it's all done, then you can paint it and you'll be good to go. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you all so much. I appreciate the help. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four. So it doesn't matter if the hole is in your garage door or in your floor or in your roof. We will try to help <laughs> you fix it. Call us right now. Gary in North Dakota is next, and he finds the Money Pit on WDAY. And what can we do for you? Well, I have a house that I've lived in, a one owner, for the past 30 years, and I'm thinking I'll probably be selling it in the next two or three years. And it, it needs a number of things done with it, and I'm wondering which might be the most cost-effective or the best for resale, uh, such as I've never reshingled it. It has the original windows. Uh, the interior is the uh, traditional mid-'70s dark mahogany, and I'm wondering where I should start. Well, that's a great question. Um, Gary, it's, it's 30 years old, is that correct? Yes, it is. So it was built in uh, 1965, 1975, something like that? 1975, yes. 1975. Okay. Well, first thing you want to do when you want to get a house ready to sell is remember that the, the people that are buying your home are really buying it for space. So you want to do as much as you possibly can to uh, create space inside that house. So think about, first of all, getting rid of clutter, storing furniture away. Start working on that now. You've got plenty of time to do that, and now's a great time to tackle it. The, the second thing is to neutralize everything in yeah, that absolutely. house. Yeah, absolutely. Make things more neutral, especially if you have everything that's dark mahogany. Something dark can seem very small and overwhelming. And I think if you can open it up and brighten it up with some lighter, more neutral colors, that will really allow people who are looking at the house to sort of envision their belongings in there. I think as far as your shingles outside, I don't think you need to redo them, but make sure everything's painted nicely and cleaned up well and really just paid attention to the small details. I don't think you need to invest in residing. Something you might want to invest in, Gary, is to have a home inspection done. 
because when you when it comes time to sell your house, the buyer is inevitably going to hire a professional home inspector to evaluate that property and figure out if there's anything wrong with it. You can kind of get on the front end of that by hiring a home inspector now. That would be an impartial expert advice that would come in and do a home inspection of your home that would include all of the structural and the mechanical systems. And that person might come up with a checklist of things that you can tackle. And i got to tell you, it's nice to have that information early on before a buyer is involved because this way you can decide whether you want to repair something well, or Well, also replace then you something. know the legitimacy of their claims. That's true as well. If you want to find a good home inspector, Gary, there is a website for the American Society of Home Inspectors that I would highly recommend. That's ASHI, A-S-H-I dot org. That's a nonprofit association of home inspectors that have all passed tests and adhere to a strict code of ethics and a standard of practice, and they'll do a great job for you. You put your zip code in there, and it'll return several home inspectors in your area. So those are all good things to think about doing when you're getting your house ready for sale. Now, if you want to talk major improvements, the probably the best ones that give you the best return on investment, I would say, Leslie, kitchen and bath. Yeah, but those are also sort of iffy ways to renovate as well. While they'll give you a big return, if you make highly stylized choices, you might deter people from buying because if you pick something that's just so outrageous, you know, that means they have work to do when they move in. You're very right. So, so basically, the, the, the theme running through this whole conversation, Gary, is neutral. Keep it neutral and create space, Okay. The only follow-up I have on the neutral question is, you know, with the dark uh, interior and woodwork, I'm debating over uh, painting it, um, sanding it down and restaining it, or replacing it. Well, painting it would pref- would definitely be... No, I think you're talking about wood trim, right? Wood, wood trim, you know, all the doors and all the door and window trim are all dark. Yeah. Well, you know, there are some people out there that like natural stained... Would, but I would not. Re- I would not sand it down and restain it. The question is whether or not you want to paint over it. What about the walls that surround it? Uh, they're uh, just uh, 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 sheetrock that's textured. But are they painted light colors or neutral colors? Uh, well, they, they could be repainted very easily. They're kind of a light uh, neutral color, but each room is a little different. I was thinking it'd be better to be maybe a consistent color. Well, let me tell you, if a relocation company was to take over your house, these are the folks that are experts on selling property quickly. Um, what they would probably do is they would take out all the carpet in the house and replace it with, with uh, a tan carpet. They'd send the painters in and paint all of the walls with an off-white paint. They'd probably leave the dark trim because some people like that. Um, but as far as the walls and the carpet, I would definitely make them as neutral as possible. All right. Well, I think I'll do that, and I'll also check out those tips you gave me as far as some of those websites. All right, terrific. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four. So you've heard the expression, good fences make good neighbors, but what makes a good fence? And is your fence looking a little less than neighborly? Well, if you've got a wood fence, then stick around. We'll tell you how to make sure it lasts for years right after this. Eight 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 Money Pit. When you took your first steps or drove your first car, there was someone there to coach you through it. But when it's time to put a new faucet in, it's just you, a confusing set of instructions, and that nervous, gnawing feeling in your belly. That's where I come in. As the Peerless Faucet Coach, I can help you through every step of your installation, starting with the hardest part, getting the old faucet out. For a free undo-it-yourself guide, visit faucetcoach.com. Then get ready to turn your dreams into hot and cold running reality. Top three reasons I need professional installation. Number three, I don't do windows. Number two, I don't do roofing either. And number one, I don't lift a finger, it gets done. 
When you need roofing, siding, or windows installed, relax. The Home Depot can help. Guaranteed. With a hand-picked group of professionals we stand behind. Call 1-800-79-DEPOT. The Home Depot. You can do it. We can help. License numbers available at your local store or homedepot.com. Roomside blinds and curtains are dust magnets, and all those allergens accumulating on your window treatments could be making you sick. That's why I love Designer Series windows and patio doors from Pella. They have blinds sandwiched between panes of glass. They're protected from dust. So Pella Designer Series windows actually help keep the air in your home healthier. And here's the best part. Window blinds protected under glass don't need constant cleaning. What's not to love? For a free in-home consultation, call 800-309-5555. Somewhere, a guy is tossing his golf clubs into the water. But you, you'd rather build, say, a burled maple coffee table. RYOBI Woodworking Tools lets you do it. RYOBI gives you the power and precision you need to succeed at prices that help you get going. Of course, there's still some equipment involved, but it's power tools. And you don't have to wear those funny clothes to use them. RYOBI Power Tools. Professional features, affordable prices. RYOBI, exclusively at the Home Depot. That's just beautiful. Oh, honey, the heat ruined my hairdo. Not the heat, it's the humidity. My scrapbook, too. These pages are soggy. Not the heat, it's the humidity. But we have central air. I turned it up so high, I'm freezing. Why do I still feel so clammy? Why does everything smell musty in this hot weather? Not the heat, it's the humidity. He's right, it's the humidity that adds the swelter to steamy summer heat. What can you do about it? Remove it with an April Air whole home dehumidifier. April Air, fresh ideas for indoor air. Visit AprilAir.com. This portion of the Money Pit is brought to you by Bear Premium Plus Interior Sateen Kitchen and Bath Enamel with advanced NanoGuard technology to help consumers protect these areas, keeping them looking new longer. For more information, visit bear.com. That's B-E-H-R.com. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, Leslie, I think there's a conspiracy out there by the fence installers of America <laughs> to Why make is sure that? that your fence does not last. Therefore, they get more work as time goes on. <laughs> Would, are you saying they're installing them too close to the ground? You know, where you're getting prime availability for rot and termite damage. You're exactly. really making it a key place for these bugs to go. Listen, when I had my fence put in my house, I had to stand outside and like, tell these guys, you lift too, it higher. Low, too low, lift too it low, too low. Lift it higher. Because... Because not only do they put it in too low to begin with, then, of course, it settles. So by the time you're done, it's pretty much resting down. on the soil. And I've actually found termite tubes coming out of the soil and up into the fence structure. So the first clue, uh, I should say the first way to make sure your fence lasts a long time is to make sure it's put in properly. And that is leave a good four inches underneath it so that those boards don't touch the soil. And the second thing you could do is treat the bottom of those fence boards with a preservative. And really, just don't let them come in contact with the ground. Direct contact equal bad. Three to six inches is what I usually say. Absolutely. Now, coming up in our next e-newsletter, we're going to give you three ways that you can save money on your new wooden fence. Our newsletter is free, so you've not already signed up for it. You can do that right now by logging on to moneypit.com. Click on the newsletter section and sign up right there. By the way, Leslie, speaking of fences, do you know that uh, there's a good side of the fence and the bad side of the fence? And if you have a fence that is just one-sided, you have to put the good side facing... To the neighbors. Your neighbor, that's right. Exactly, so but I fence. can't tell you how many times I've seen it the other way around I in know. town. 
Because you would think that you want to look at the good side from your backyard, but no, that is not the neighborly thing to do. You have to put the good side facing out, so you have to look at the ugly side. Unless you want to buy a two-sided fence, which costs more money, but that makes But then everybody everybody's happy. happy. Exactly. But the good thing about having the ugly side toward you, it, towards you is that sometimes you get a more easier way to climb up. So when I was a kid, I could stare in the neighbor's yard quite easily. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and, and I never thought of that. I wonder why. <laughs> Apparently my mind just doesn't work that way, (laughs) but yours does. (laughs) All right. Well, speaking of other free things like our e-newsletter, we're giving away a great prize this hour, and it's going to help you with your spring cleaning list. And it's the Vax X5. It's a super cool vacuum, and it makes your vacuuming so much easier. It's got an easy-reach cleaning wand and a 27-foot retractable cord, so you can get just about anywhere with it. And it can be yours for free if we answer your question on air and and then draw your name out of the Money Pit hard hat. So good luck, everybody, and call in. 1-888-MONEYBIT, 888-666-3974 if you want to get a shot at winning that $300 vacuum from Vax. Leslie, who's next? James in Tennessee finds the Money Pit on WNWS, and what can we do for you? Well, my main question is, have y'all heard about the BioSeal, which is the foam insulation? Like a blown-in installation? Insulation? Well, actually, it's not blown in. They spray it in and it expands. And then they come in and they shave it off to where it's oh, yeah. even. Mm-hmm. Yep. I've, de- I've, I've seen that done, and I've seen it done with good results. It's an expandable foam uh, insulation. Basically, Leslie, they spray it into the house when the, uh, when the, uh, the drywall, before the drywall's up, they spray it on the studs. And so it expands to fill the oh, it's stud it's like a bay. giant great stuff. Yeah, it's like giant cans of great stuff, exactly. And then they saw it off flat, they trim it off, and then they put the drywall on top of it. How does that affect wiring and plumbing? And Well, you got to have that all done ahead of time, obviously. But think about it. Once it's in, it really does a great job of sealing up all of the gaps. And I'm sure it would make for an extremely energy-efficient house, James. That is my question. Is You know, is it more efficient than, than, than your... You know your your conventional insulation. I um, think it would. I think it would be more efficient than fiberglass insulation. It would also do a better job of sealing up the frame. I think I'm going to get a much tighter house with a product like that. Plus, it now, probably doesn't condense over time like a foam, like the settle, um, yeah, yeah, it wouldn't settle. Right. I have, you know, I've you know, we're building a house right now, and and that was been presented to us. And my question to you all was, would it be beneficial to do it in the long run because it is a substantial amount of cost to it? Yeah. Well, how much more expensive is it than standard insulation? It's, it's about it's about eighteen hundred to twenty five hundred dollars, depending on whether you spray the roof deck or the ceiling deck. And what would standard insulation cost? Um, twenty five hundred square foot house, which is what I'm building, is about fifty two hundred, and this is going to cost me about. Uh, about $7,000 to do this, but they guarantee me uh, I went from a $210 heating and cooling cost down to 124 I have a feeling that for the extra two grand, it's going to be worth it. Well, plus also think over time in the future, as the fiberglass insulation does settle, you're going to have to replace that or add to it. So there's additional costs to that as well. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of benefit. And you know what? You're in a good space right now, James, because the house is being built and it's wide open and you can only do this once. That's right. I I think it's a good idea. I think it's a real good idea. Well, that was my question and I appreciate it. All right, James, thanks so much for calling us at 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. You know, Leslie, um, a lot of people are gun-shy about foam insulations because years ago, I mean many years ago, probably I think it was 
the early 80s, if I'm remembering correctly, there was a type of foam insulation called urea formaldehyde foam insulation. Oh, that sounds basically, bad. Well, what happened was they'd mix these two components together and they'd inject this foam insulation, which would like expand inside the bays you know, between the drywall and the sheathing and, and do a good job of insulating the wall. The insulation wasn't the issue. The problem was that when it got damp, it would off-gas this urea gas Ooh. and people were allergic to it and they had to move out of their house. Now, wow, the and there's no way of knowing until that happens. And so many things have an off-gas that I don't think people are even aware of, such as paint. Exactly. But the, the good news is that uh, that would only happen for five years. So even if you have that right now, if you're living happily in your house, you have nothing to worry about. But that was a big faux pas, that's for sure. And and today, you know, the insulations are so much better. You know, we have isonine, we have this biofilm materials, and they're just so much better. And they're, they're so well perfected that I think it's a really good way to get a really airtight house. Alan in Ohio has a plumbing question. What's going on? Uh, a house we purchased recently, we got a little mixture of plumbing pipes in there from copper with some of the new things. Um, some galvanized on the old section and some plastic with something in between. A little bit of everything, huh? Yeah, a little bit of everything. My question was, I'm not real good on copper pipes for soldering. Okay. What's your thoughts about going with this CPVC that's good for hot and cold? Well, there's a lot of homes being built with the new, uh, with the new plastic piping, and I think it's standing up extremely well. If you've got a lot of work to do, it is a very do-it-yourself friendly product to use, Alan. Um, why Do you have a lot of work to do? I mean, why are we having this conversation? What's going on with that plumbing that's going to force you to, to uh, have to do so much work? Well, we'd like to add a bathroom to the basement because okay. we, need, we need more bathroom space. And the other problem we have also is right now when somebody's in the shower and you crack a faucet at, say, the kitchen sink... The shower instantly, you know, either goes hot or cold, One, you know, depending what you turn on at the kitchen faucet. Okay, well, that actually can be solved by replacing the shower valve. What you need is a pressure-balanced valve. That's a type of valve that can be installed in a shower that maintains the same mix that you have in terms of hot and cold water, regardless of how much pressure is in either pipe. Do you follow me? So you'll, you'll reduce the flow, but you won't, you won't change the temperature of the water. So here you were thinking you had to replumb your house, Alan, and we just saved you a big <laughs> bunch of work. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what we try to do. Alan, does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. I appreciate that. You're Thanks very welcome. Lot. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Yeah, Leslie, you know, sometimes we make more work for people, but we could occasionally <laughs> make less. So Alan's plumbing um, poo-poo platter, if you will, really isn't such a bad thing. Not so bad and pretty easy to do, and that'll definitely have him... Uh, avoiding those cold spurts of water in the shower. Up next, you know, if you're tackling home improvement projects, it can be very frustrating when the, when the batteries run dead on all your cordless tools. Well, up next, we're going to talk to you about a new battery technology that means you can work longer and have more power. Yeah, we're going to tell you how to get more life out of your battery packs when we talk to an expert on rechargeable batteries from Milwaukee Electric Tool. That's next, folks. You live in a money pit. portion of the Money Pit is being sponsored by Peerless. If you're putting in a new bathroom or kitchen faucet, Peerless can help you with every step, including the hardest one, getting that old faucet out. 
for a complete undo-it-yourself guide, visit the Peerless Faucet Coach at FaucetCoach.com. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. you got a question about your home improvement project? Need some help solving the do-it-yourself dilemma? Call us right now, 888-666-3974. Well, this is the worst, and I'm sure this has happened to you because it's happened to me several times. Are you ready? Yes. You're in the middle of your latest home improvement project. You're working away. You're happy. Everything is going smoothly. And then suddenly, cordless interruptus. You know, the power tool dies. (laughs) Done. No doubt this has totally happened to you before. Once, twice, maybe even more, but you don't want to admit it. But it doesn't have to. With the new cordless power battery tools out there, the technology is amazing, and it's even more powerful than before. That's right. You know, newer tools have much longer run times. They have quicker charge times. Joining us now with more info on that topic, as well as the best way to keep your batteries in tip-top shape, is David Selby. He's the head engineer for the Milwaukee Electric Tool Company. Hi, Dave. David, welcome to the program. Hi, Leslie and Tom. Pleasure to be here. So, David, uh, cordless tool technology has really changed big time in the last decade. Now it seems that there is no limit to what we can do with a cordless tool. It can pretty much handle just about anything that a corded tool could do before. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the battery run times have increased uh, steadily over the last 10 to 15 years, and, uh, and uh, now you can run basically uh, twice what you could uh, as far as run time, a number of screws, number of holes, et cetera. Um, with your current uh, packs, and now with the lithium-ion packs, you can double that again. So tremendous improvements over the last 10 years. But what's so special about the lithium-ion other than the tremendous power and the duration? Well, it's a new chemistry that produces a uh, much higher voltage uh, inherently of itself, uh, 3.5 to 4 volts. Uh, but what about weight? And, and that's per cell. So, so what happens is you can make a battery pack with fewer batteries in it, and they can shrink down in size and be lighter weight. and so, Or you can get much more energy, much more power out of a battery pack of the same size of your current, let's say, 18-volt NICAD pack today. Well, let's talk about how do you get the most life out of those batteries. We know we can get more power out of them. But let me ask you this question. A lot of people say, and it's one of those old wives' tales, so to speak, that batteries have a memory. Is that still the case? Has it ever been the case? Do you can you or let your batteries? Or are we being bamboozled? Yeah, can you <laughs> let your batteries run all the way out? Do you should you let them run out? When when is the what's the best charging uh, technology here? A charging procedure, I should say, that a homeowner should uh, should be doing. Well, it's it's that's a loaded question, but really, battery memory is is really a myth. Uh, you know, it occurred years ago in certain satellite applications, but but really in power tools, uh, it, it's not really present. Um, the, the best thing, though, for batteries, all batteries and all chemistries, is that uh, a couple of the do's and don'ts. You really want to make sure you store them in a cool place and don't store them in a hot car trunk or leave them on the dashboard of your car. That's a bad thing. Um, and, and another thing you don't want to do is you don't want to deeply discharge them. You don't want to, like, leave a flashlight uh, in the basement uh, on a project you're working on in a crawl space and then forget to turn it off and let it run over a weekend. That'll do some some real damage to your battery pack. Um, and, and, again, just the deep discharge and, and uh, high loads are a bad problem. Uh, customers will typically do something that the tool was not intended for and stall the motor out. You know, the guys that drive the last screw by turning the handle of the drill. Oh, yeah, The battery's yeah. <laughs> just barely able to turn that chuck. Uh, doing that continually or frequently is not good for your battery pack. You don't want to take it down to that last bit of charge. You want to 
take it off, put it on the charger when it really can't perform the job uh, like it's intended. As soon as it slows down just a little bit and you yeah. feel it, you can hear it. Right, right. Uh, but those are some common do's and don'ts. We're talking to David Selby. He's the head engineer from the Milwaukee Electric Tool Company about battery technology, how it's changed, and how you can make your cordless tools last longer and longer. So, David, uh, when it comes to battery-powered tools, is there anything that really those tools cannot do today? What about high-temperature applications or super cold weather? Do they perform equally well in, in, when you're working in the, you know, the hottest August days or the, or the coldest January winter? Well, actually, uh, you know, the new, uh, the new cells, the new lithium-ion cells that are on the market, they uh, perform very well in, in cold and uh, hot temperatures um, and, uh, and really allow you to, to run bigger tools than ever before. Uh, and so uh, there's less worry about uh, uh, overheating with lithium-ion. Uh, I know the Milwaukee V28 lithium-ion um, kind of has an internal electronic uh, uh, kind of monitoring, so it takes the smarts and takes the decision-making out of your hands and takes care of the pack in cold weather, hot weather, and uh, basically makes it a worry-free uh, operation. And a lot, of the, a lot of the new technology packs and, and systems on the market today have that kind of internal electronic control so the user doesn't have to worry so much, and, and they can focus on their project not worrying about their battery pack. Terrific. So with the new lithium ions, are they sort of spanning the entire line of tools that Milwaukee is offering so you're able to interchange them, or is it sort of one tool per battery right now? No, we have a system, and I think most manufacturers recognize that customers love to have a system of tools to run off one battery platform. So uh, we have a whole family of tools that run off, the, our, in our case, our V28, 28-volt battery pack. So uh, you know, once you commit to the system, you can just keep expanding your tool uh, uh, your your tool uh, supply in your garage, uh, you know, sky's the limit. One uh, battery we, for life is basically what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. David Selby with Milwaukee Tool, thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit. If you want more information on this new cool battery technology, you can go to their website at milwaukeetools.com. Well, Tom, did you know that lightning strikes the earth about 20 million times a year? That's right, I said million wow. times a year. That's crazy. It is. But is your house protected from all of that lightning and the damage it could bring? Find out after this. Table saw. 18-volt drill driver. 8-piece combo kit. You don't have to just wish you had the power tools you really want. With RYOBI, you can actually afford them. RYOBI Power Tools. Professional features, affordable prices. And they sound really good, too. RYOBI. Exclusively at the Home Depot. Mold is in your house. Chances are, it's breeding behind your walls. In fact, it's been estimated that 70% of all homes could have mold in their wall cavities, particularly when moisture is present. Fortunately, there's an ingenious new way to fight the problem. You see, until now, drywall had paper on both sides, and mold eats paper. Which is why more people are insisting on a new paperless drywall called Dens Armor Plus from Georgia Pacific. Unlike conventional paper-faced drywall, Dens Armor Plus has glass mat facings on both sides. And no paper on the surface means one less place for mold to get started. It's that simple and that revolutionary. If you are building or remodeling, stop feeding mold by using Dens Armor Plus. To find out more, go to stopfeedingmold.com or ask about it at your local building supply retailer.
Want to guard against stains and residue left by grease, food, soap, and cosmetics in the kitchen and bathroom? Try Bear Premium Plus Interior Sateen Kitchen and Bath Enamel with advanced NanoGuard technology. Key ingredients are reduced to nano-sized particles that enhance performance. It provides excellent scrubability, stain removal, and blocking, and helps resist mildew in moist environments. Perfect for high-traffic areas like kitchens and bathrooms. For more information, visit Bear, B-E-H-R dot com. And remember, when it comes to paint, there's good, better, and bare. I have learned, the hard way, that you should never hang a bird feeder over your picnic table. I've learned that newly planted trees can support a hammock, but not a body. But I've also learned that, thanks to Vigoro Fertilizer, you don't have to be a genius, fortunately, to have a greener, healthier yard. Vigoro greens up in just 72 hours, but it also keeps guys like me from paving in the entire yard out of sheer frustration. Because Vigoro makes fertilizing simple. The instructions on the bag are actually easy to understand and easy to follow. You know exactly which kind to use, when to use it, and how. With Vigoro, it's amazingly simple to pull off a healthy green lawn. Get yours today exclusively at the Home Depot. And see just how Vigoro can make you look like a gardening genius. Even if you're not. Vigoro. Simply foolproof. This portion of the Money Pit was brought to you by April Air, makers of professionally installed high-efficiency air cleaners. For more information, go to AprilAir.com. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. The number is 1-888-MONEY-PIT, 888-666-3974. So, before the, uh, the break, we were talking about lightning protection, and I think that that is an important home improvement that two few people actually do. Especially when you think about the high concentrations of areas that do get lightning strikes. I mean, they get so many per area per storm that it's kind of a scary thought. So what can they do? Well, lightning protection is basically a system that redirects the energy from a lightning strike around your house so that it doesn't impact, it doesn't, you know, burn your house, it doesn't fry your wiring in your house, and it has to be professionally installed because there's some tricks to the trade. For example, you need to have the lightning arresters on the roof and the cabling that goes down the side of the house to the ground stake can't be near any plumbing pipes and it can't be near any electrical wires. Oh, that's smart because otherwise it would come back in. It would just jump right over. That's exactly right. So putting a lightning protection system in is a good idea. Plus, it looks pretty darn cool. Have you seen the really neat copper ones? No, I haven't. I've got one that's got like a glass vial on top of it. That's kind of cool, and I guess if that's how you'll know if it was ever struck because the glass would, like, break, but you wouldn't care because it just saved your house. That's excellent. So I guess that's something you would need to update every time your house did get struck by lightning, although well, they do say lightning doesn't strike in the same place twice. That's right, unless you're asking <laughs> for it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> unless you're standing out there like Ben Franklin with the key. <laughs> exactly. Well, all right, folks, we've got our usual Money Pit Fantastic Prize to give away this hour to one lucky caller who gets their question answered on air. And it's a fantastic vacuum. It's the Vax X5, and it actually makes vacuuming fun because it's so cool. It's got an easy-reach cleaning wand that extends 11 feet, so you're not going to have to bend or climb or stand on that couch to get to the ceiling to clean those spider webs. Come on, folks. You know they're there. And it's got a 27-foot cord, which retracts with an easy-to-use foot control. So it's a super prize, and it's worth about 300 bucks. So call in now. 
1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Dolores in Texas has a kitchen question. What can we do for you? Uh, hi, I have a, a copper countertop in my kitchen, and I, uh, of course when it gets moisture on it, it and water, whatever, it, it turns green, and then it has to be cleaned uh, probably every three or four weeks. But I would like to uh, seal it some way so that I wouldn't that wouldn't happen when moisture gets on it. All right. Well, when you're sealing the copper, you want to make sure that you have something that's very durable, obviously, because you're going to be cleaning it a lot and it's going to be in a very moist situation. There are a couple of options. You can go with an acrylic top coat with something that's in a high gloss that you'll go on there. But if you do that, make sure you pick something that's non-yellowing, because when you're in a kitchen situation, there's a lot of moisture. It can tend to yellow. So make sure you choose an acrylic top coat that doesn't have, I mean, that has a non-yellowing component to it. Also, you can get a lacquer, which would give it a nice high sheen or resin resin is going to be a little bit more caustic it's you know a toxic smelling thing but it's safe to use just make sure you wear a respirator and install it property but that can do a nice self-leveling even top coat and there's something called um envirotex light which you can get at any sort of craft store and it's a two-part resin mixture and you can pour that on it self levels and i like using that i've done um resin countertops with that before and it looks really nice it doesn't yellow it goes on very very clear, but it's very, very stinky. Okay. Say that name again. Envirotex Light. And it's L-I-T-E. Okay. It can be kind of pricey, but if you're only putting it on a thin coat and you're not trying to fill something up deeply, it, it would work well. Okay. So maybe that might be the best. Okay, Dolores, thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Mike in Wisconsin seems to have a crafty question. What can we do for you? Yes, hi. I um, was just wondering what um, kind of equipment I would need. My wife has a basket weaving business, and um, sometimes her baskets have a, uh, a, a bottom on them that's a solid wood bottom. Okay. And our supplier is going out of business. Um, and just wondering what I would need to make. These, just like these a round? Things. Pardon me? Just a regular circle of wood? Yes, uh, there's circles, there's ovals, uh, sometimes sometimes square, but mostly circles and ovals. I would think probably the best tool for you to invest in would be a bandsaw. <clears throat> because a bandsaw is a stationary piece of equipment, and you can make templates to cut circles. You can even make templates to cut ovals, and it's pretty easy to use. Uh, how many of these baskets are you actually making, Mike? you making a lot of them? Yes. See, now, I was thinking if it's mostly circles, you can make a circle jig for a router quite easily by tracing out that base on the router and then making a long sort of almost like a a do not disturb sign. You know, it's oval on one end with a hole and then it's like a long piece extending from it. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. If you make one of those and trace the round end exactly to the router end, take off that plate, screw this piece on, and then measure from the router bit out to your radius, you can then make a circle. It's, okay. Yeah, if you just screw down the jig at the hole at whatever measurement you want to make, if it's an 18-inch circle, put it at 9 inches, and then you just move the router around and you've made a circle, and it's perfect. Okay, Mike? There's a right. couple of options for you there. Yeah, um, if you don't mind, they're, they're, they're smooth also, um, and... Generally speaking, the edges are rounded. What 
Can oh, I also then, do that on a router? There's another use for the router right there. That's, I mean, that's, that's the main use of a router, to route over the edges and smooth them out quite nicely. But you can even get the bit that makes the curved end and that's cut your I mean. circle. Like, yeah. start it with the plunge bit, then switch it out and go around with the rounded okay. bit. Okay. Thank you. Are those noisy pipes keeping you up at night, hmm. making you have a hard time, fall asleep? Well, they can be kind of bangy and sputtery, <laughs> that's for sure. Well, what causes all of those shutters and sputters anyway? Is there well, something wrong with the plumbing? Actually, there are a couple of things that do cause it, and that's the topic of, their, of our email question this week from Amy in Alexandria, Virginia. So we will tackle that question for Amy and for all the rest of you out there that have noisy pipes next. You live in a money pit. This portion of the Money Pit is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. The Pella Windows Your Way sale is going on now. Visit us at www.pella.com or call 1-800-TBD-PELLA today for a free consultation. Pella, viewed to be the best. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. 1-888-MONEY-PIT is the telephone number available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Our live screeners are always standing by to give you the solution to your home improvement question. Call us now at 1-888-MONEY-PIT or log on to our website and email us by clicking on Ask Tom and Leslie. All right, folks. This is from Amy in Alexandria, Virginia, who writes... This question is actually for a friend of mine. Yeah, right. Sure it is. <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right, Amy. Well, let's see if we can help your friend. Her friend says that the pipes keep shuddering, and it's not when she turns them on, more like after the water has been turned off. She had a plumber who adjusted the valves under her powder room sink, and that seemed to do the trick for a while, but now it's doing it again. She says her neighbors do this her neighbors do this and is concerned that it might cause her pipes to burst. Interesting. So now her neighbors are chiming in. Well, it sounds to me like what you're experiencing, Amy, is known as water hammer. And water hammer occurs when water is sort of streaming through the pipes in your house, then all of a sudden you turn off a faucet and the centrifugal force of all of that water rushing through the pipes coming to a screeching halt causes the pipes to actually move or shake or bang, and that's known as water hammer. There is a solution. It's called a water hammer arrestor. It's basically a shock absorber that needs to be installed at a key juncture in that plumbing system that basically takes the force, it takes the shock, it takes the impact of that water as it's running through those pipes and gives it a soft shock-absorbing kind of place for it to land. And that's what's going to stop the banging and the clanging of the pipes. Now, the good news is it's probably not going to damage your pipes, but it sure is awfully annoying to hear. Yeah, and I like that the solution is direct. It's named directly in answer to the name of the problem. I have water hammer. You need the water hammer arrestor. It's a it's good very important. thing. There's no confusion there. And I think, Amy, you should tell your friend to tell her neighbors to butt out. They're kind of nosy. Yeah, tell your friend to tell your neighbors. <laughs> or Amy, tell your neighbors. I mean, uh, your friend's neighbors. <laughs> Amy, thanks so much for writing us at moneypit.com. If you have an email question, you can log on to our website at moneypit.com. Click on Ask Tom and Leslie, and you can actually research all of the email questions that we get on the show every single week. We also want to encourage you while you're there to sign up for the free Money Pit e-newsletter. Coming up next week, we're going to have some tips on how to keep those fences in tip-top shape. 
All right. Even if the question's for your friend, we'll answer them all here at the Money Pit. Well, Leslie, you are a Renaissance woman, an expert in so many things. I'm sure that you could uh, tell us what a well-equipped closet might look like. But today we're going to ask you to talk to us about what a well-equipped toolbox might look like. Yeah, well, this is a well-equipped toolbox for all of your home improvement projects. If we wanted to talk about well-equipped sewing box, that's another issue of Leslie's last word. But for today, every toolbox needs what we like to call here at the Money Pit the Dirty Dozen. The Dirty Dozen. That's right. These are 12 must-have tools, and this is actually according to the folks at the Family Handyman Magazine. And here's the list. Are you ready for the rundown? Get your pens and paper ready. Let me have it. Okay. A cordless drill. A hammer, an angle square for marking and checking corners that's very important, a multi-head screwdriver, a pry bar, a utility knife, a 25-foot tape measure, anything smaller is stupid, don't get one, get the long ones, an adjustable wrench, a chalk line, a circ saw, and a level, also very important. Have them handy in your toolbox and you'll be good to go for just about any project that you have on your tick list. They forgot one very important home improvement tool though, Leslie. Safety glasses. The radio (laughs) to listen to us. Thanks so much for spending this hour with us. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Coming up next week, we're going to talk to you about front doors, TV, some tricks of the trade to improve the energy efficiency. But for now, that's all the time we have. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone.